Kale Pancakes here, and joining me tonight on The Stack, I have the dad bod demigod, Joey Mayberry. Um, you may have seen him in Chicago-style wrestling, uh, All Heel Wrestling, Northland Pro, Janesville Wrestling Alliance, and at Effie's Big Gate Brunch, tagging with Mateo Valentine as gay, which is glamorous and yummy, um, among other indies around the uh, greater Midwest area. So please welcome tonight to The Stack, Joey Mayberry. Oh my god, I'm so excited to be here. I'm sure Pollo Del Mar is excited to see me here too. <laughs> I specifically said you would never be on the stack, but then I decided to reach out and build a bridge, not a wall. So, I so love all a good alone, bridge, right? Don't we really do? <laughs> It looks very nice in the ring when someone can do, like, a really good bridge. <laughs> yes, and unfortunately, <laughs> like, usually when I go for a bridge, I almost blow my back out, not in a good way. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much me. Lord knows I never could, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, really good at it, but I have a tendency, like, when I'm throwing someone to do a bridge, like, I'll just land right on my head, and I've learned that's, like, the worst thing you can do, so I just kind of stop. Yeah, you like from what I understand, you need your head moving forward in life. Like it's pretty important, um, and you can only have so many concussions before you start. Like, you know. Yeah, I've had a few, and I don't think it's really done anything to me so far. Yeah, I've had a few, and I don't think it really does anything <laughs> to me so far. I think I'm good. <laughs> well. Fingers crossed. Let's not find out the hard way. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly fingers crossed, legs crossed, soul crossed. I'm doing my best. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that we were kind of talking about before we went on was um, you being able to be in the Big Gay Brunch in Chicago this year. Um, in the tag gauntlet teaming with Mateo as glamorous and yummy. Mm -hmm. And you said that there was a fun story about that. And I love a good fun story. So how did that come about? So it's kind of fun, but also it's the gauntlet, the weirdest word, but coolest word ever. <laughs> I think that was one of my favorite things at brunch was just everyone going back and forth being like, how do you say get gainslets? That's how we're saying it tonight. <laughs> but that was great. Um, but the way that we got our tag team name was, so I trained for a few years down in Florida before I kind of took a little hiatus because of some personal reasons. And I got back into wrestling up here in Chicago once I had moved and I started training. And one of the people there was Mateo Valentine. And instantly, like, it was just, hey, sis, how you doing? Like, we were just, like, real. Like, we were friends from the get-go. So we just started doing tag team combinations, mostly because we're both huge women's wrestling fans. So we're like, if you ever seen Mateo and I calling a match, it's literally, okay, we're going to go from the Trish Stratus into the Eve Torres into the Gail Kim. And that's how we call matches. <laughs> and we, I remember seeing, like, one time, Marche Rocket was watching us call a match and Lily was like, what are y'all saying? We're like, don't worry, we got it. <laughs> and that's like a little highlight thing. Um, but eventually, they just started teaming us together and they're like, do you want to be a tag team? And we're like, 
yeah, sure. We'll be a tag team. And naturally we're like, I guess they're just teaming us together because we're the two gays. That's, you know, how it usually works. So at some point someone said like DIY, like Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano's team. And we were just like, what about (laughs) G-A-Y? Because we're the two gays that they paired together, like a DIY. So what does G-A-Y stand for? And we're like, well, we're glamorous and yummy. So (laughs) then we became G-A-Y and we started competing around the Midwest. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Like, I was just put the the gays together. (laughs) It just kind of happens, I think. Um, It's, when tag teams get like just kind of pushed together, it seems like they grab the two people who have the most similar traits possible and just go, you two seem like a good fit. And then, but with us, it was just kind of like, oh, you two suck dick. And that was just kind of <laughs> out where. <laughs> well, I'm very glad um, that you guys got to be in the gantlet this year. Um, I was at the Chicago stuff last year at the Big Gay Brunch, and I that was when I actually first met you and Mateo, but y'all were just there um, having a fun fan time like I was. And then to see you go from fun fan time to, like, in the show made me very happy. So, Yeah, it honestly, like, I know a lot of people like, get, like, cheesy when they get to do something that they just, like, didn't think they were going to get to do so soon, because... You know, coming into wrestling, I was still closeted for the very early part of my career. And there was a lot of things that went on with that. But, you know, coming back into wrestling and seeing how much it had progressed, especially thanks to, you know, like the Epis of the world, the Dark Sheiks of the world, really putting a lot of platforms out there for us and really speaking up and really making a change. It was like, oh my God, this is this whole movement and it's taking over. And, you know, when you get that message that says, hey, do you want to be a part of this? After you went and just were a fan to go see it the last year was like, you know, it sounds so cheesy and it sounds so stupid, but I was just so hyped and so happy to be there. Like I had a little pep in my step walking around backstage and God, it was so much fun. (laughs) I um so far have been to every big gay brunch and there i'm i'm sad because he just announced the one in the uk and i'm like i'm gonna have to miss my first one no let's figure it out i'm sending <laughs> a tweet i said hey effie i fit really good in an overhead bin so maybe we can both squeeze on up in there and just go on over to the uk grab a spot tea and beat somebody up for a minute <laughs> like that'd be fun <laughs> But those shows are so much fun. They're some of my favorite shows that I go to. Um, I love seeing people that maybe don't get as much of the recognition to get it on those shows. Um, I love that I'm introduced to new people. I love that I get to see old favorites of mine. Like those shows are so much fun. If People out there in the world, if you've never been to an Effie's Big Gay Brunch, like do try and attend. They're they're a true delight. The first one I went to um, was in 2020 at the Collective, and that was like my first like pride thing after like coming out as pansexual, and yes. I cried. It was it was cheesy. I cried. 
<laughs> I absolutely love that. Like some, so it's just such a like wild energy being there because it's so different when you're just in a room with people who one, you already have like some sort of camaraderie and commonality with. And then everyone that's in that crowd at every single brunch that I've been to and been in the ring for is just there to have fun and show the talent so much respect. Like, it's just such a different atmosphere than every other wrestling show. And I love it. And I think the coolest thing for me coming out of this past gay brunch was just talking to my husband about it because he was in the crowd. And he was like, that was like my favorite thing I've ever been to. And I was like, well, tell me more. And it basically boiled down to the fact that, you know, he was in a crowd where he was 100% comfortable and didn't really like go who's sitting around me. Who's saying things. Do I have to look out for myself? Cause normally he's seeing me in like, you know, Vietnam veteran halls and like bingo halls and things like that. We're, we're out in the middle of nowhere in a cornfield and you don't really want to go talk to the big trucker who looks scary over in the corner because you're like, I don't know what this person thinks of me, but walking into such an inclusive environment, like I just got to see him kind of let loose and hang out with my friends and watch the show. And like, I think that honestly meant probably more to me than almost anything, just seeing him get to have a really good time and relax and actually enjoy a wrestling show. Aww, I love that. Um, as far as the differences between like locker rooms, like, the big gay brunch versus like regular wrestling shows is there, I know that you kind of mentioned it's, you know, you have that like more of like a camaraderie, but is there any other like major differences between what it's like to do a show like that? Or like, if you've done other like, um, like LGBTQ theme shows um, yeah. versus like a normal wrestling show. Yeah, I've done quite a few LGBT um, like centric shows. And the thing that I love about it going into it is it's always like a big family reunion or I guess that's the best way to describe it because we all follow each other online. Like we all interact. Like there's not really anyone who's like in the community pretty much interacts with each other and we all know who each other are. And walking into that locker room and just saying, hello oh my god it's finally so nice to meet you in person but you still already know who this person is and you can't really beat that it's just like walking into a nice little place with all of your friends i love that like i love hearing about like the good and the positive things that come out of wrestling because sometimes you hear about the negative things and it kind of drinks you down and i love being able to help put out those like positive vibes and positive stories for people who maybe sometimes get down about the business or whatever, when bad things can come out. <laughs> bad things in wrestling? No Surely way. not. <laughs> There's nothing problematic in wrestling. That's okay. We'll, we won't dive into that. <laughs> I mean, I know you said you don't have a stop time, but Lord, like. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to stop right there. That's the end of the interview. <laughs> you know what? Moving right along, I'm going to go ahead and shift gears just a little bit. Um, what was a young Joey Mayberry like? 
oh my god i don't even think you would recognize me um okay which how young you want me to go uh whatever whatever you want to tell me about Okay, let's start back in 1990 when um, two 19-year-olds had a baby <laughs> way too early, and there came Joey. Um, it was it was really interesting for me kind of growing up because from a very young age, I was just kind of interested in anything sparkly, anything girly, anything fun, like I obsessed with Barbie dolls, Spice Girls, Power Rangers, Pokemon. And then in like 2000, I saw Lita and game was over. Um, But those were like my things. And I remember like, you know, when people say like they have their whole, you know, coming out revelation, I never really figured that part out because honestly, like I was never really a, I guess sexually motivated person ever in life. So that was never something that was like instilled in me, even when that happened. But I, the thing that hit me the hardest was I remember very clearly the day when I was like nine or 10, when everything I liked stopped being okay. (laughs) And like the Barbies went away like the Spice Girls were gone, like posters weren't allowed in my room. And it was just like, oh, you can't do these things. Like boys don't do these things. And my dad was such a stickler, even though like he, my first three concerts, my dad took me all to, it was Spice Girls, Britney Spears and Reba McIntyre. Like, come on, dad, you know what you're doing? Like, <laughs> so um, my parents were really big on pushing me into sports. Like that was their big thing. Cause um, basically, if you're trying to think of who my family is, I am Bobby Hill. My parents are Hank and Peggy. And it's like to a T, like really intense. Um, like my dad was a high school football star, was really big into it. So naturally he was like, I want you to play football. I want you to do this thing. And I hated it. I hated it so much. Oh my God. I remember sitting in high school on like the steps outside the locker rooms and I was just like sobbing, wearing football pads. And this coach, his name was coach Roach and he was this big, big, (laughs) massive man. And he drives by on a golf cart and just goes, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't want to play football anymore. And he just looks up and goes, well then quit and drives off. (laughs) And I'm like, okay but like I stuck with that all the way through um, my junior year of high school I finally got to quit my senior year coincidentally the football team won the state championship that year so like you missed out on your state championship ring I did I didn't who wears a ring no I don't care I didn't like sure it was cute but I don't need it (laughs) Um, acceptable jewelry what (laughs) yeah Oh, but I did get a state ring because I got into wrestling in high school and I was, I had so much fun with that. And I got fourth in state that year for my senior year. Nice. So yeah. Um, but I dropped out of football. I was a weird kid. I actually, I won fourth in state in wrestling that year, but at the same time wrote my high school's school play. So like very, you could have wrote a Disney channel original, original movie about me at that point. Um, but then I went to college, got a theater degree, and 
after that, I was like, what do I want to do? And so I um, got an internship with Disney. And once I got an internship down there, I went down and worked for Disney for a little bit. And I was like, what do I want? And I've always been obsessed with wrestling. Like it's been my life, my heroes, my Mount Rushmore are Jazz, Lita, Trish Stratus, Victoria. Like give me all of that. I love them to death. Um, And I was like, I want to try this out. I want to try to be what these women were that I emulated. And so I found a wrestling school in Orlando and um, I don't want to talk about it because it's a bit problematic, but um, we don't talk about that Bruno no more. Um, <laughs> but just started training and my first match hit and I didn't have a gimmick. And I was like, what do I want to be? And I just had these, this pair of blue jeans and I threw them on and I was like, I can just be a Southern boy. And so I told my mom I was doing it. And she sent me this pair of cowboy boots that were American flag all the way up, like to the knee. And so I walk out with this backwards camo hat, blue jeans, these giant American flag boots, drinking a Mountain Dew. And from that point on, I was the redneck, white and blue Joey Mayberry, who's all jacked up on Mountain Dew. And that was how I started. (laughs) Is there any footage? Oh, there's plenty. And I, I faced some pretty notable people. Like I've had matches online with Santana Garrett, with Lince Dorado. Um, I got onto an Evolve pre-show out of nowhere. And it was like my fourth match. And I'm literally, um, you can find it online. It was me, Zane Riley, and um, Sweet Thang, Willie Brown. Versus Chico Adams, Tim Zabisco, and Rhett Giddings. And it was just a six-man tag. And I knew nothing going into this match. Like, I knew how to bump. And I knew how to like do a body slam. And they just needed someone and tossed me into this pre-show match. So literally, you watched me go in. I hit like a suplex. And then I get the fuck out the ring. Like, <laughs> um. But then from there, I just started getting attention in Florida because I'm, you know, I'll, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging about myself, but I'm, I'm just charismatic. I'm very loud and I'm very boisterous and I'm funny. So people were just like, okay, who's this little redneck kid who drinks Mountain Dew and then hulks up in the corner and starts throwing punches? <laughs> and like I got a tiny little taste of what it was like to get a wrestling following um, all across Florida. Like I was going all the way from like Jacksonville to Miami and it was nice. Um, But that's who young Joey Mayberry was. I was just this little kid that grew up worshiping divas, Barbie dolls and the oh so fancy Reba. And I morphed into this redneck professional wrestler. And that, that was younger, Joey. Nothing. <laughs> so. You fancied yourself. I reverse fan. Did you say reverse fancy? Because I did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you fancied yourself. Like you went from nothing to. <laughs> 
I can't with that. Oh, I might have been born just plain white trash, but fancy wasn't my name. Yes. Oh my God. How have I not made this connection before? Oh, I am so glad I came on this show today because this is this is a whole new revelation for me. You moved Uh, uptown, you know, like stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, do you wanna know how hard you just made me laugh? So I have (laughs) this obnoxious giant stitch toy that my husband bought me that vibrates on contact for some reason. (laughs) Like it just shakes. I laughed so hard that it just started vibrating in the corner for no reason. You just had to be nice to the gentleman and then they'd be nice to you. Oh my God, I don't know. I don't know if my heart can take anymore. This is so good. Oh, you know, um, I have charmed an aristocrat though. That's actually a true story. So. See, you are fancy. And I will not let anyone down. Come watch me in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like this remix of Fancy by, I think it's like Dave Ayude or something like that. It's on Spotify. If you haven't heard it, it's so good. But it's like this dance remix to Fancy. Now I'm like, do I need to make that my entrance song? Possibly. Maybe a little bit. I would love, I, I personally would pop for that. Um, I, so like, I, I'm from middle of nowhere. I raised in like middle of nowhere, South Dakota. I'm old. I grew up on 90s country. I grew up on Reba. Uh, Fancy is one of my best friend. Um, it's our, like her and I, like one of our like songs that we have. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love meeting other Fancy fans. <laughs> I'm a, I'm just a Reba fan. Like no joke. Last Thursday, I was at the Baton Show Lounge here in Chicago for drag karaoke, literally doing a duet of "Does He Love You" with a drag queen. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, that was it. Was actually pretty good too. I was kind of proud of ourselves, but also I was like three vodkas in. So. <laughs> 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 oh <laughs> we're just off the rails already and i love that i love that for us <laughs> and that's just me baby welcome welcome to what is joey <laughs> just take the ride <laughs> yeah. i had a nickel for every man i told that okay what's the next question <laughs> <laughs> moving right along <laughs> Um, what were some of the best things that you learned while training? The stuff that you still like look to today, the things that you would tell somebody else if they were under your expert tutelage in wrestling. Yeah, honestly, the thing that I always forgot to do, and I haven't really learned how to do well until pretty much this year, to be honest, was just have fun with it. Like, 
so many people are so obsessed with, I need to go out there and look like this, or I need to act like this, or I need to make sure this looks good. This looks good. And they get like, so in their head about piecing together this match, you forget that you're going out there to have a good time. We're going out there to put a show on for people. Like you're out there. We're supposed to be the life of the party. And I think what really taught me that was I was doing this whole redneck shtick. And like, at one point I was coming out um, in Florida with like a giant cowboy hat, like that SpongeBob drinky hat, but it had like mountain dews on it. And I was just like chugging it. And I was just (laughs) trying so desperately to be this character. So when I got up to Chicago and I just kind of started trying to figure out who Joey was as a wrestler again, because, you know, I had gotten on to ring the bell, um, which is a YouTube show where we review women's wrestling. And it had such a big following in the wrestling world that I was like, people know who I am. Like people walk up and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love ring the bell all the time. I was like, I can't just be like, Oh, I'm this new character walking out. It's like, no, I'm Joey Mayberry. And I had called myself the dad bod demigod on the show just because honestly, I just randomly thought of it one day and I was like, this sounds funny. So I just started saying it, but it had like no purpose to what it was. It was just, you know, something catchy that rhymed. So when I actually brought that into the ring, I actually started to be like, what is this? Who am I? What do I need to develop? And I kind of caught myself slipping back into that same kind of mindset or uh, not even mindset. It's kind of BS to be honest of, I need to do this and make sure the crowd see this and everything I need to do. And I was like, no, for lack of a better term, fuck it. And I was like, what do I, what do I have fun doing? Who are my favorite people? And so I went out to every thrift store, every single drag store, every costume shop that I could possibly find in Chicago. Like I did like three, like at least three weeks of shopping almost regularly, just going and seeing what I could find that like spoke to me to figure out what I'm supposed to be. And I wound up finding like these pleather tights and they were like sequined. And I was like, I'm feeling this. This is like a vibe. And I was like, I remember talking to um, Mateo Valentine and Coda Holiday actually. And asking like, what do you think of these? Do you think people will like it? And it was actually Coda who was like, does it matter what they think? And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess not. And I was just kind of like, okay, if I wear what I want and I just kind of be who I want to be and I walk out there and say, Hey, here's what I look like. Here's what I do on a platter. They can't fail with it. And I'm just enjoying my life. And so I walk out and I'm just kind of feeling myself. And as I started to figure that out, that's kind of what grew into this dad bod demigod character, which is essentially just, every single thing that I've ever felt insecure about in myself, which is like my femininity, how I present myself, how I carry myself, my body weight, all of that, that made me feel bad. I was just kind of like, no, this is my acronym. This is who I am. Eat it up. And I walked out there 
And that's just what it evolved into. And it's turned wrestling into this thing that I was like, I have to make this perfect performance into I'm going out there to have fun and interact with that crowd and make my opponent look like a million bucks while making me look like a million bucks. And it's just started clicking. So I think that's the biggest thing, piece of advice I would offer is take that journey for yourself and stop taking things so seriously. And remember that this is fun. We're literally play fighting in our underwear. We're having a good time. So that's like number one in my book. Like have a good time. It's all right. Yeah. You know, be who you are who you want to be and the people that respond and join in are the people that you know want to be there and that will support you five thousand percent like actually make the number bigger i don't put a number on it infinity percent that is on the money and you know if you walk into a room and three people don't like you the rest of that room does don't focus on the negativity and you hit the nail on the head with everything those three people wouldn't like you no matter what you did. Like, mm-hmm. so you if might as well just attract the right. Well, depending on what that's right. That's on the right. <laughs> After I said that, I was like, oh no, that came out completely wrong. The right, like the right kind of people for you is, is how I meant that. Not like, not like the right, like. <laughs> I knew ex- no, I knew exactly what you mean. I was just also After such I said a smart that, ass. After I said that, I was like, Oh no, like the wave washed over me. I'm like, oh no, that sounded terrible. That is not what I meant at all. God, please no. I'm gonna get canceled for something I didn't even mean. What the fuck? What am I doing? Like it was just like this wash of like, oh god, that was the worst thing in the world I could have said in that moment. No, I don't think <laughs> of all the people in the world that I think could ever get canceled, like you're like bottom of that list. Like I'm just like, you're just such a jolly, nice person. Like, how in the world? <laughs> I, you know, I just try to be authentic and positive. And of course, there are always things that you can be negative about, right? There's always something where you could be negative or you could go out of your way to like shit on things or whatever. But like, what good does that ever do you? What what do you ever get from being a negative person? More negativity. That's what you get. Right. N- nothing. Nothing good can come of that. I save the negativity for me and me only. And I am positive for everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I need like a I'm Bell Pancakes and I approve this message after that. (laughs) I want to hate on something. I will hate on my own self and I will do it better than anybody else can. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I appreciate (laughs) it. So, who has had the most influence on you, both in and out of wrestling? Ooh, um, in wrestling, I—if we're talking about like who influenced me to want to do this and who continues—literally those four women that I listed off at the top, um, plus like the likes of Molly Holly, Tori Wilson, Stacy Keebler. Like, I can't truly express how much that entire era of women's wrestling really spoke and resonated with me as a person like i was addicted to it like oh my god look i've got freaking stacy keebler and victoria and lita sitting right here in front of me 
Uh, I'm just obsessed. And like, yeah, call me a mark for it, whatever. But I adore it. And they, it was always kind of strange for me, um, especially growing up, because you'd always be that kid who's like, oh, I love wrestling. And they'd be like, oh, who's your favorite wrestler? And you look up and go, Lita. And then they look back and go, who? <laughs> and you're like, oh, you know, the girl that like comes out with the Hardy Boys with the thong. And then they're like, oh, yeah, she's hot. And I'm like, yeah, but she also does like this cool stuff. And it really like kind of makes you like this almost ostracized wrestling fan when you're in the crowd, um, which is what made me, you know, gravitate towards other people like that. Like Jake Smith and I do a show called Golden Era Podcast, where we literally go week by week and just talk about our childhood and what we watched in wrestling, which was women's wrestling from WWE in 2001 forward. And it's so much fun to like talk with him and realize that we have these same shared experiences. Cause he was like, I was the only person in the crowd cheering for the um, divas at the time. Like also, if you watch the WrestleMania, I think it's WrestleMania 20, you can see little Jake standing up with a sign that just says, I'm here for Stacy and Miss Jackie or something like that. <laughs> and it makes me so happy just to know that, you know, people like me existed um, and I can't really begin to say how much they've influenced my work in the ring and what I like to do in the ring. Um, but as far as like influencing me to do this and really wanting to go for it, um, I'd honestly just say my grandma, like my grandma, um, her name is Geraldine. She's the sweetest little woman that you've ever meet, met in your entire life. Just don't piss her off. Um, but she's always just kind of been so for everything that I'm doing in a way that didn't really resonate with me and with like other family members. Cause my parents would kind of push me towards more like the sports kind of thing and push me into these things and stuff that they wanted me to do. Whereas to this day, I'll call her and talk to her on the phone and she's like, well, what did you do in wrestling? And I'm just like, Oh, I, you know, what was the weirdest thing I've told her recently? Oh, I was like, oh yeah, I, so I was teaming with um, Team Babushka and CSW and um, we all had color coordinating outfits, which the theme was denim and pink was what I was told. So I literally took a pair of blue jeans and I cut them into chaps and then Shelly the bombshell put like fringe around the bottom of the chaps. And then I had like these um, swim trunks pretty much underneath that looked like pink Daisy Duke shorts. And this entire denim chap look was what I walked out in. And I was like, yeah, I walked out. I made some chaps. And my grandma just goes, you made chaps? And I was like, yeah. She goes, and you wore them in front of people? <laughs> that is yeah grandma i totally did and then she goes well you know what i'm just proud you know how to sew <laughs> <laughs> like so she's always just kind of had my back and like i don't know how to fully describe how much she pushes me forward just because she's always given me that freedom to just be myself and do my thing and has always pushed me to do even more despite the fact when she finds it kind of strange 
Like, you're going to go for the whole outfit next time? Add a vest? <laughs> no, I was wearing a vest. <laughs> and here's the best part. So it's this denim vest. And then on the back is, like, all the colors of the rainbow, like, striped diagonally. And then the loveliness sky blue actually bedazzled the entire thing for me. So <laughs> it's... I'm just a sparkly rainbow denim mess at that point. You were the rhinestone cowboy. Oh my goodness. Where's my notebook? I need to start writing all of these things down. You can watch it back. Oh yeah. This is video. Okay. I'm learning again. (laughs) You can watch it back and take notes. You need to. (laughs) I just might. I just might. I'm going (laughs) to keep an eye on my Twitter uh, once this drops. I'm just going to do a selfie of me watching it on my laptop with my notepad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. I don't know why. So I need to see this outfit. Is there... Photographic evidence? There's total photographic evidence. It's on my Insta. It's on my Twitter. Um, I don't really have a way to do it right now, I think. without No, like, that's fine. I can stream. I can totally go look that up later, just knowing that it's there. Unfortunately, because I follow so many people on Twitter, I miss stuff all the time because Twitter likes to show me a bunch of shit from people I don't follow instead of pe- shit from people I do follow. That part, I... It drives me crazy because especially with how busy I've become lately, like I used to be like really on top of it, like especially during the pandemic, like I was watching everything. I was in tune with what people were putting out. Um, Like I watched all the quarantine shows and was able to keep up with people. Then once like I, you know, we kicked back into high gear, I just haven't been able to see anything. And now that Twitter's doing that thing where all I'm seeing is election results and all this other stuff now. And I'm like, Give, give me my people. Like, I miss so much and I want to watch. There's just too much E, too much election, too much Elon, and too much WWE on my timeline. And I never see anything I want to see. My favorite thing. Okay, so I agree with the too much WWE thing because that you have, like, the WWE Twitter. And then you have, like, the WWE on Fox Twitter. And then, like, the WWE BT Twitter. Like, things like that. It's like, they're all saying the same thing. And then, like, some of the talent, if you follow, like, different wrestlers, they all, like, have, like, tweets that they tweet the same crap all the time, where it's, like, you can tell it's, like, everyone's required to, like, copy and paste this tweet. And I'm just, like, oh, this is my seventh time seeing this, and I didn't care about it the first six. It's, like, I don't care that there are new exclusives cups at 7-Eleven. I just don't. I don't even live by a (laughs) 7-Eleven. Oh my god, I'll trade you with whatever you have. We have nothing but 7-Eleven up here, and I'm so tired of it. Uh, Top three, Casey's, Quick Trip, (gasps) Come and Go. All three, excellent. Chef's kiss. They they finally, downtown, opened up a Circle K, and I'm so excited about it. We don't have Circle Ks here, but... But the the QT, the Casey's, if you've never had Casey's pizza, I don't know why you're not 
doing that. Oh, I have. I've been on the road. Uh, right, I've had right. Two Casey's I was, I was pizza. like, you're kind, of, you're kind of in the area. Like, I'm sure it's overlapped. Um, Casey's Pizza is clearly the way to go. And um, yeah, the come and go. <laughs> I love that that's what it's called. I'm like, who approved this? Do you follow the come and go Twitter? Because it is hilarious. I don't. I'm going to do that now, actually. You know what I actually, you know what I do miss, though? Have you ever been to a Wawa? Oh, Never been to a Wawa or a Sheets. I, I went to Sheets. It was good. But maybe I'm just obsessed with Wawa because it was all over Florida. And I just got to, like, relish in the greatness that is that. But, oh, my God, they have, like, real food and, like, healthy food that you can just grab very quick. Oh, I miss Wawa. My shining oasis in the Florida meth lab. <laughs> I would love, like, I know, like, I travel enough that I should have been to these, pl- and I never did, never happened. Me and it's, you, I, just we're not- going to go. I'm coming down. We're going gonna, gonna to hit a ride in my car, and then we'll just continue on to Florida. We're not going to Disney World, not going to a beach, just a Wawa. That's it. <laughs> like, it makes me, so, like, when my sister's lives in Florida, and I'm just like, I should just go visit her, and I'm like, Carla, you need to <laughs> oh my god please tell me everything like i i need a dm I'll live stream in my it. inbox <laughs> oh my god if i get val pancakes goes to wawa like come on harold and kumar who give me that uh, um i see now i have to watch this back and take notes later <laughs> Yes. See, we're giving <laughs> each other homework. I love it. <laughs> so what would you say has been your greatest achievement in wrestling? And that can be whatever greatest achievement means to you. If it's like a title or if you had like a series of matches or opponents, like whatever greatest achievement is to you. Um, honestly, so far, um, matches are great. And, you know, doing all that is fantastic but coming back into wrestling after stopping for as long as I did and for the reasons that I did was huge for me especially coming back as the character well I guess I'm just honestly playing myself but it's had louder and a little bit more bitchier um but getting to come back and just be what I want to be has been so fulfilling. Um, so long story short, um, when I was in Florida and I was wrestling, um, in the summer of 2015, I wound up having about three concussions in the period of like two months. So like I knocked myself pretty silly for a little bit and, you know, they weren't like mild, like one of them, like I just took a spike DDT, like right into a gym floor. Like I was out, out. So, um, I had to take a break for like three months. So I was like, I've got to get my head on straight. I've already been in the hospital and I can't even pay my medical debt. Cause I'm really just working at a theme park and then taking most of those days off to go to <laughs> wrestle in random places in Florida. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself making tens of dollars each show. I'm sure. <laughs> If I was lucky, like, (laughs) if I was lucky, um, some of them, I got really lucky in getting, like, paydays, because I don't know of 
how the scene is in Florida anymore. But for the places that I was working, I was typically getting nothing. And then when I came and got back into everything up here in Chicago, people were like, yeah, if you go to a show, make sure you get paid. I was kind of like floored. I was like, is this how we do it up here? Is this how things work? Okay, <laughs> this is new. <laughs> <sighs> um, but yet, yeah, so basically when I took those few months out, I came back and I found out that a few people um, had outed me to pretty much the entire Florida scene. And that, for lack of a better term, scared the shit out of me because um, I haven't hadn't told my family. I hadn't even, you know, really told many of my friends. Like they had to be very close. And like at the most, I at the time I was like telling people that I was like bye. And um, I was dating a girl at one point during that past summer, which I love her to death. She was so sweet. It just it didn't work out for reasons it just <laughs> for reasons it didn't work out um but literally i came back and found that out and it i don't even know how to describe the feeling because i was just like oh my god like so so many of these people that now know are on my facebook you know back when everybody was doing everything on facebook and like they comment and my parents are on there. My aunts are on there. Like everybody that I know is looking at this. And some of them, like one of the guys that was do that had my dad's phone number. So I was like, this is re hitting really close to home and I'm not ready for it. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to like speak ill about family or anything like that, but I grew up and I, my dad was very vocal to me about the fact that he just did not like gay people like he was it, it's um for lack of a better term the opposite of subtle and so i really didn't know how to handle it and so i just kind of backed away from wrestling and was like okay i i don't really know what to do who's going to even want to book me because at that time it still felt like something that was so taboo and that especially in, you know, the sticks of Florida, no one really would want to bring me in. And I was in that mindset. And so um, from there, I went and got convinced by my good friend, Kim Artlip, who's the owner of Ignite Wrestling down in Port St. Lucie, Florida. She was like, hey, you've been doing like some backstage promo work for us. Like I remember I would go and do like some little interviews for her while I was hurt. She goes, but I loved you and I really want you back in the ring. Can you please come and do a match for me? And I was like, yeah, uh, I'll do it. And I was like, but I want to just team with my friend. So I was teaming with my friend Gabe and we were going up against um, Josh Hess and someone else. I can't remember who, what the match was, but I remember a hundred percent. I walk out my old theme music, still in the redneck gear, bell rings Gabe's in the ring wrestling. I'm on the apron. And then all of a sudden there's a Joey's a F slur chant that breaks out in the crowd. And it was loud, like enough that I turned and I was just like looking and like, they stopped kind of what they were doing in the ring and looked at me. And I'm just like, literally, I don't even know how to describe that feeling. Cause oh, I'm God, just, I can't even. It, like, 
you what do you do like you're you're just there and so i finished the match i went over um and you know i'm still getting my hand raised and after that like i know there were people that were like cheering because it was it was a really decent match but it none of it felt everything felt like shattered and everything just felt like i can't even do this anymore because i I just got to figure my own life out. Like I got to get and talk to my family and do this stuff. I can't focus on this until I take care of Joey. And so I ultimately just, just like, I'll figure this out later. Let me go and figure my life out. And then that summer was, you know, the summer after I had just met my now husband. And so we were like trying to figure stuff out. And I was working at universal at the time and I was like, I'm just going to move to Chicago. I don't really want to be around this scene. I don't really want to be around, you know, I have tons of friends down there who I still love and are near and dear to my heart, but I'm just like, I can't be around this scene anymore. And I just want to get away from it. So moved up to Chicago. And that's when I ultimately got involved with Ring the Bell. And um, if you don't know Ring the Bell, they're on YouTube. It's a huge women's wrestling community, but it's also such a safe haven place for lgbtq wrestling fans because so many of us were like enthralled with old school divas and women's wrestling and things like that so the more i got involved being a host on that show the more it made me fall in love with wrestling again because i met people who were just like into what i was into and were in like you know they were like me everybody felt like a family and that's when you start getting like the little like eh, like little itches, and I'm like, I I think I want to try doing this again. I think I want to dip my toes in, and I was like, kind of like a, trying to get a cat to come out of a small space, like putting treats for myself, like <laughs> leaving it there. And so eventually, I was like, okay, cool. And I did like some small little lucha shows with um, Paloma Star. And we had like a great match that's on YouTube. It's on Ring the Bell's channel. And um, I was like, I got to do this. Like, I got to figure this out. And then as soon as I was like, I want to do this, whole world shut down. <laughs> like, like, I had literally went to Chicago Style Wrestling's um, training academy to get my feet back under me because I wanted to try it. And like a month later, whole world goes. Um so once, you know, the world started feeling safe again, I started, you know, to get back into the ring and really develop that. And it's taught me to really not only love wrestling again, but this shit taught me to love myself again. Like in the, you know, cheesiest, hallmarkiest way I can say it, it showed me that I can do this, be my 100% true self and just enjoy this again. And I've been on like the ride of my life. Cause you know, before I had some good opportunities, but like I'm this month alone, I'm wrestling more matches in November this month than I have for any other month of my career. Um, I'm going to three different States next month. I'm going back to Florida. I just, I've been on fight TV twice this year. Like what's going on. I'm just this kid who thought 
I would never be able to do this. And now I'm just doing it. And it's so damn cool. And that's my biggest accomplishment was I'm here, I'm present and I'm living my life and I can't ask for anything more. So usually, and I'm going to still ask it in case there's something else, but it, I feel like you kind of already answered this question oh, cool. um, of what is the greatest obstacle that you've overcome in wrestling? And it sounds like that like transition period out of Florida maybe was, yeah, was the answer honestly, to that question. <laughs> literally 500%. Like I've never, it's, it's wild because that was so dark for me and it was so such a bad time of my life. And, you know, like I remembered just crying because like my parents weren't very happy once I finally did come out. And um, the same year that that happened, um, the Pulse shooting happened, which was literally like the first gay bar I ever went to. And it became a home away from home. And it seemed like everything was kind of just shattering around me in like 2016, like right before I decided to move up here and getting here and kind of struggling through that. And then getting to where I am now, like you can't beat that shit. You can't beat the feeling that I'm on right now. Like I'm riding my high and I'm not even high on anything, maybe a little bit, blue. but um, just <laughs> no, that's a lie. It's just a joke, but it's so cool. <laughs> Like, I, I love that you were able to take some time away and come back in a better place where things are much different now than they were even five years ago. It's so wild to me because um, there were so many people that, you know, that I knew that have just really stepped out like I was uh really close a little bit with Pero whenever he was I was living in Orlando and when his story broke about him coming out I remember being like oh no that's gotta be you know terrifying but it was celebrated and just to see that that was like a huge moment for me because I saw someone else you know get really good feedback from just being themselves and i was like that's so wild you know i was very happy for him and then slowly but surely like other little things just kept popping up like you'd have different people that were just kind of like you know poking their heads out of the woodwork and really making these high impacts and then to think that there's like whole lgbtq dedicated shows now and not just like a rarity, because I know like way back for a little while, there's like a matter of pride kind of things that, you know, we're still kind of felt like undergroundy, but now it's the forefront. Like we're out there just killing it. And that's happened in less than 10 years. That's so wild to me. To go from nobody's going to know. And if someone finds out, my career is over and the best representation I have is whatever like dumb was it Chuck and whatever storyline that WWE did that was just the worst okay. <laughs> absolute worst I do you love billion... that storyline no um, <laughs> but 
I do. I vividly remember watching the Billy and Chuck wedding segment. And I remember because I was had to be like 11 or 12 at the time. And like, I was still kind of like figuring things out because I knew I really wasn't like, I, I just pretty much knew I wasn't truly into girls. And I was really interested in what gay was like, I remember like being obsessed with the word gay. Um, Cause I was like, I learned that I'm kind of, it just gave me like weird feelings. And so I remember watching that segment on my parent in the living room with my parents sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor. Like I typically do all my life. And we had one of those giant, like eight foot tall, like giant, like building block sized big screen TVs from like back in the day. <laughs> and I remember just watching this with them, which knowing who my father is, was very surprised that we did watch this segment, to be honest. But I remember trying not to look interested, like very, very hard trying not to look like I cared about what was going on. But at the same time being like, is this really going to happen? <laughs> like I was just so. You were so emotionally invested. I was because I just, you know, because you're in a period, especially when you're that age of true like self-discovery because you're just kind of growing into being a teenager and just kind of at least for me I was figuring myself out so to see that and be able to like I remember using the direct tv search function after I heard about it to like search gay and all I got was a bunch of movies that featured Marsha Gay Harden and (laughs) being very upset um but yeah I it was it was trash, garbage kind of storytelling, but it was it was something that did speak to me as a kid because I was very interested. It taught me a lot. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder how. I wonder if other people have had like that similar like. This was my first exposure to. To gay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. They have. People have told me, that, especially, so we do Golden Era, and since um, we try to sneak like little things in there, especially because a large majority of our listeners are um, LGBTQ, um, actually, not many other letters. It's mainly just the G. We have a lot of gay men who listen. Um, but they've That's a bit reached of G out. Thing. <laughs> it pretty much is. Like, we welcome everyone, but we do have the gays there. Like, they're here. Um, and so I've had a lot of people, especially when we talked about it, because we were able to technically talk about it because Stephanie McMahon was there. So, um, getting to like discuss that on the show, we had so many messages of people being like, yeah, this is the first time we heard about things. This is the, like one of the most intriguing things for me as a kid. And it's kind of wild to learn how many shared experiences you have with other people just because of what you're into and who you love and wrestling <laughs> and wrestling let's not forget wrestling surely cannot <laughs> so if you had an action figure of yourself and it was one of the action figures that could speak what phrases would you want it to say and what accessories would it come with 
oh my god i totally have an action figure of myself do you want me to get it yes give me one second it's up on my like memento shelves so i'll be right back absolutely we're oh. worth pausing for i just want to take this time to thank everybody for watching and listening um do go check out uh wrestling over everything sponsoring the show tonight as well as table bump merch as we wait for joey to get back with his action figure okay i'm back Yay. from out of space and now my microphone is tangled up all over the place uh <laughs> all right um so this was made by quinn of the ring one of the most crazy talented people I know, but they made a little Joey figure. Aww. And I love he's, it. It's so cool. It's got like my pants that I wear that are all like bedazzled. Um, like this is actually based off the ring gear that I wore for our beauty supply match, which was me and Mateo Valentine beating the holy hell out of each other with beauty supplies <laughs> at Chicago Style Wrestling. Um, it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. If you want to like, check that out. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, there's some wax paper that we use in that match. There's, um, ooh, I stuck um, lip gloss into his eye. <laughs> that was a fun one. But like, he's full on gear. And I think my favorite thing about it is it's literally a repainted Rob Gronkowski figure. <laughs> <laughs> And it looks so good. And it also makes me realize I kind of look like Rob Gronkowski and I think he's attractive. So that works for me. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but I also grabbed another little thing. Do you want to see something wild? Yes. So back in the day in Florida, a fan made a Funko Pop of Redneck Joey. <laughs> That's Aww. custom. So I actually got two little figures of me and his very orange arms. <laughs> Aww. It's so cool. Like, it's just, um, things like this are like the coolest things in the world to me because I'm literally action figure obsessed and toy obsessed. If you can't tell by my little office room here, <laughs> like this is literally my office. I sit on the floor, crisscross applesauce and I'm surrounded by toys. <laughs> Um, so when people do that for me, it's like the most special thing because I'm obsessed. It's something that I'm obsessed with. And then you took so much time out of your day or a couple of days to make this little like custom figure of me. And it's, I can't even fathom like that someone would ever want to do that in their entire life. I'm like, what's wrong with you? But <laughs> I'm also like, so so grateful so like oh you said i wasn't gonna cry on here and now i feel like crying but this is i don't know okay. just the fact that someone like decided to do something that special just because they enjoyed the shows that i was putting on is amazing to me i can't even put that into words but now to answer your question <laughs> i'll go back um, if I came with accessories, I would definitely come with a coat, which they nailed on this one. Um, 
because I have this big, giant, pink, puffy jacket that I'll wear to the ring um, sometimes. And I love that for this one, they just dyed a Liv Morgan robe and put it on Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> which makes me real happy. Um, but the accessories that I would come with, definitely a big pair of like sparkle shades. I love them. So anything kind of funky, crazy, and the sparklier and bigger, the better. Like Elton John, eat your heart out glasses. Um, and then honestly, what I would want is not an accessory. So at Chicago Style Wrestling and at Gay Brunch, you got to see her. I have my manager, Jillian, who is one of my favorite people in the world. She is my personal paparazzi, aka Joey's Peepee. And she makes sure that all of my socials are updated, that TikTok is streaming live while I'm wrestling. And also she's not afraid to get in the ring and just slap some people or like guillotine them on the ropes. And that's also a wild story how she got involved with this because she's like my best friend in the world. And it's so cool that she comes out to the ring with me. <laughs> Aww. Do, would you like the story of how I acquired a Jillian? Yes. 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 Um, so literally I was wrestling in the Chicago style uh, wrestling battle Royal, which is what they have you do whenever you're kind of new coming in. They're just like, you know, jump in the battle Royal. And I was like, just walking. And her uh, boyfriend is actually filming the show. Like he, or like he's hard cam for it. And me and her have been friends now for like maybe a month or two. And I was like, Hey, I have an idea. Do you want to do it? And she was like, what? And I was like, what if you just walk to ringside with me and like go live on TikTok or Instagram and just record at ringside. And you can be like my own little like paparazzi. And she was like, uh, uh, let me go ask Derek, which is like, <laughs> I was like okay, cool. And so she goes back, she's like, yeah, he says it'd be, like, cool. And I was like, okay, I go talk to the promoter. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. You're in the Battle Royal. Have whoever come out with you. You know, like, it's just yeah, Who cares? You're, you're going to be the Battle Royal. <laughs> that part, which um, she came out. And the stuff that she's able to capture, you know, just, like, my facial expressions and, like, little side notes. And, like, she's also talking on the camera while I'm wrestling. So, like, She's adding in her like own commentary. Like one of my favorite things absolutely ever is there's one scene or <laughs> scene. Wow. Uh, there's one little um, segment at the end of a match in Chicago style where I literally get a nice big boot and I take the one, two, three and the camera pans over to her in the corner, just holding her phone. And she just goes, well, shit. <laughs> and it's the best thing. <laughs> but it literally was just like hey i would like my friend to come to the ring with me and do this and now she's a full-fledged character in the show and we're just like traveling the world together at this or the nation right now the world's coming soon always on the horizon right yes so what if so for your action figure what phrases would you want it to say Oh, I forgot about that because I talk so damn much. Uh, <laughs> See, I, I, I knew we would have to circle back. That's fine. <laughs> okay. 
So definitely it would have to say exactly what I say when I walk through every curtain, which is just a big guttural. Yes. And it's like, it's not even me like saying it. It's just literally me feeling myself. Cause so when I walk through that curtain, I don't know what comes over my body, but as soon as the music hits, I'm just like, okay, I'm in dad bod demigod mode. And I walk out of the curtain and that guttural, yes, is just me like, I feel gorgeous. I feel right. I feel good. So that's definitely one. Um, my little catchphrase I've been using is you love to see it, which is great. And then I just need one solid good bitch. That's all I want. <laughs> I feel like that would be like a really good action figure in so much as like people would want it because of those phrases. Like those are very like good, like well thought out, like fun catchphrases. Thank you. I mean, they're just simple things that I say in day-to-day life sometimes, but now I'm just realizing, <laughs> have you seen those videos on TikTok of the dog who presses the buttons with his feet and says things? No. Please go look that up. But there's like this dog who will just like press buttons and the trainers like trained it to press different things for different like reactions. But they say things like, yes, bitch. Yes. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so my favorite is like the ones where the dog's like hungry and they're like, do you want some food? It's like, yes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who amongst us really? <laughs> Oh, that's me every day. Just ask my husband. I'm so mad when I'm hungry. Like, I get hangry. Like, uh, I'm, like I'm, a, I'm a fat bitch. Like, I'm gonna eat. <laughs> me too. Oh, I gotta tell you, I was such a gross human before I hopped on here because I literally ran in the door from my day job and was like, oh, I gotta get ready. And I was trying to get like my, my ring light to work, which didn't because it's so dark. And I was like, oh my God, I've got like two seconds. And so I literally run in and I'm just eating a cold slice of Little Caesars pizza from my fridge, like running around my house. <laughs> so I'm like in a chipper mood to come and talk on here. Oh, I mean, you could have said something. I could have been like, I can give you like an extra 10, 15 minutes if you need to. <laughs> No, if I'm not running on like at least 50% caffeine and 75% stress, it doesn't add up to a hundred, but who the fuck cares? I'm just, that's just me I'm, as a person. I'm not good at math. <laughs> me either. I actually, actually, that's a solid truth. I'm real bad at it. Oh, I wrote a speech about how bad I am at it. D- read it now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't have it. But that was many years ago when I was in college. Mm. I need to hear it um, read and dictated. Um, Long story short, I just went through my entirety of my schooling career and just detailed all of my math failings. (laughs) Like, I was the last kid in my class to learn to count to 100 in kindergarten. Like, I just have never been good with numbers. My budget... Hold on, don't even talk. Like, I have to. Okay, so there, full disclosure, there's a ton of action figures in front of me. <laughs> I'm a huge collector. Sound like and I was, fistfuls. 
quite literally, I was rearranging my shelves. So this is only like a quarter. Like there's drawers in front of me. I, I've got a problem. I've got a big problem. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a problem. Enjoy yourself. Life is too short. Can't take it with you. Enjoy it while weird. you can because tomorrow's not promised and maybe you won't. And then what? I, I call that Regina George Regina Georging because you could get hit by a bus at any time. That's what I tell people. Right? Yep. 10 10 agree. I could die on my way to work tomorrow. Wow, I'm sure glad I didn't buy that thing I wanted. Like, you know. <laughs> that was this took a more good turn, but also a good like positivity turn. It's like go spend your money, live your best life, treat yourself. That's why I started going to wrestling as much as I have and traveling. Like, man, pandemic really taught me something. That's uh, tomorrow really uh, isn't promised. So that might as well do what you can while you can because shit, you don't know when you will have to stop. Everything you say, I'm just so such a fan of. I adore you so much. Oh, because I'm reckless. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You even got like the rebel like tongue for me. There's like, ah, you're reckless. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've traveled more in the past two years than I had in the past 20 in my life. So like. Same. It, it's wild where wrestling takes you. Like never before in my life did I think that I'd be like called out to wrestle in Vegas. Like <laughs> just, I just didn't. Or down in Houston or San Antonio or Florida. Like, it's it's wild. Like, people want me and I love it. Aww. Everybody should want you. You are a delight. <laughs> Don't butter me up. I look too much like a biscuit already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What good is a biscuit without a lot of butter, though? Can I take that phrase and put it in my back pocket for a t-shirt? Because I kind of yep. need it now. <laughs> I will expect okay. royalties. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you will get royalties and a shirt. <laughs> no, feel free. That's the joy of the of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, what wrestling word do you use most outside of wrestling? Oh, <laughs> this is hard. I use a lot. Like, which one do I use the most? Um. Actually, probably shoot. Probably shoot. Um, like, literally, I'll say that on about anything that's actual. Like, I've caught myself doing, like, um, oh, where did my, someone took my fruit cup out of the face. Like, oh, that's a shoot. Like, I don't know. I'm just real dumb. I use that, um, like, oh, like, instead of saying, like, oh, are you for real? I'm like, oh, is that a shoot? I've done that. I'm more... Okay, so I'm really bad about if I pick up on something and I'm in a different environment, so it works really well with wrestling terms, I use the words incorrectly because I'm just a weird person. <laughs> like, I'll just sneak in things that don't really belong there just because I can say it and it makes me sound <laughs> weird. I don't know. Throws people off. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big believer in doing things to make myself laugh. Um, I don't care if it makes anybody else laugh. If it makes me laugh, then it was worth doing. Like the, the amount of dumb things I do just to pop myself, like I'm just like I am 
oh, oh my God, we're going to be best friends. Um, so like, this is what I live for. Like pretty much what I speak in as a person is like SpongeBob quotes and nonsense. And that's who I am. Um, I remember like my husband, I made some sort of random reference and I'm sitting there cackling. And he's like, where'd you pull that from? And I like was able to tell him what episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers I remembered it from. <laughs> I'm just like cackling back and forth. Yep. I speak um, very fluent uh, quotes from things. So even if other people don't get it, like I know that it is. <laughs> um, like if anybody like tries to get me to do anything um, where I would have to be like tough. I'm like, I'm a weenie hut junior. Like, I don't think so. Yes. <laughs> I love that one. I, my biggest thing that I think I quote to a T almost daily is um, dishonor. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Dishonor. <laughs> I quote a lot of, um, I don't know if you were ever, I don't know if you ever watched the it's a sketch comedy show on Fuse, called Whitest Kids You Know. Oh my god, gallon of PCP? <laughs> <laughs> Me and my bestie quote whitest kids at each other all the time. What's your whitest kids quote? Now I have to know. Oh, um, either like the Abraham Lincoln one where he's like, ah, you fucked they up. They fucked up. That's mine. <laughs> oh my god. Now you fucked up. Now you're fucked up. You have fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not finished. And he just keeps <laughs> drawing. <laughs> oh my God, I needed that. I'm so happy that's the first one that came into your brain. Oh, like yep. <laughs> that sketch and um, Gallon of PCP were like my two favorite sketch comedy like bits for so so long um that and the uh <laughs> the one i know the the name of the sketch is pimp pun disaster <laughs> <laughs> oh my god please come back up to chicago we have to hang out we just don't watch some whitest kids you know and just laugh i need this in my life do you find it that like if you start mentioning that show to other people like no one seems to know what it is right yeah i was like that's when i mentioned to you i was like oh lord this is gonna be like a whole thing reason why i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about but I, no like i love the whitest kids especially the first season was so funny the subsequent seasons like two three and four have funny bits and pieces but i yeah. think that first season is just gold um, I will say my favorite, my favorite sketch from season two is the grapist. <laughs> I'm gonna grape you in the mouth. <laughs> that's no, that's not the slogan we want to use. It's he's it's it's, it's for grape soda, like. <laughs> and then um, the season, I think it's season three, where they have like the ants. Where, like, the, the people just start shuffling themselves oh away God, from situations. I used to use that at work all the time. I was like, oh, the ants are taking me to the copy room. 
do you randomly like start singing new daddy in your head ever because i do that all the time oh getting high with dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) oh my god this is we don't need to talk about wrestling anymore this is now why kids kids. you know it actually fits because like look at me (laughs) look look at me hard same (laughs) real pasty (laughs) but like I was very fortunate, very, very fortunate um, back in the day. Um, they actually performed here and me and my friend went. Um, oh Zach wasn't there, um, but Trevor, Darren, Timmy, and Sam were. And then we got to meet them afterwards. I was so excited. I am so, <laughs> so jealous of your life. So there's a picture of me with four of the whitest kids. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I am so jealous you got to see that. I would love to have seen that show. And then um, I guess like to just cap this off, it's like just after having all that hilarity and just to cap it off with some sadness. Um, when I found out that Trevor Moore had passed, like that celebrity death probably hit me the hardest out of out of any at this point. Because he's somebody that I met and I had talked to and he was nice to me. Like <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so wild. Like um Recently, Aaron Carter got me pretty bad. Uh, these are all like so sad. Okay, I don't want to talk about death no more. It's so sad. No, no, moving, moving right along. Um, <laughs> so, when you travel for wrestling, because there's a lot of traveling involved in wrestling, um, what are you listening to when you travel? Like, what is your like music do you listen to or podcasts you listen to? Like, what are you listening to? So. I'm with my podcast. I don't fully listen. I think to podcasts, I go more towards like YouTube shows. So I'll like have them play, which I guess is a podcast, but at the same time, it's, it's not. (laughs) So I don't know what to call it, but um, I love like theme park updates. Like I love like theme park insider. Um, Oh my God. Why am I like blanking on like all these things that I listen to all that yesterworld that talks about like the history of like theme parks. Cause when I grew up, I wanted to be an Imagineer. I thought that was like the coolest job ever. And so like, I remember I wrote out like an entire like Walt Disney world planning journal thing in my room. And then I um, designed like an Aladdin roller coaster and I built like this model. And this is what I was like, 15 and i just thought i'm gonna be a disney imagineer which is why when i got out of college i was like oh maybe i'll just go work for disney and figure out what i'm doing with my life because i just spent four years drinking um so um that is usually playing if i'm doing a podcast if it's music buckle up buckaroos because i listen to literally anything um like as long as i can like kind of dance to it or kind of move my body i'm down so like i don't get too much into like metal metal just because like it doesn't resonate with me but other than that anything's like fair game like so um i have a playlist on my spotify it's called every song i've ever liked and right now it's got like upwards of almost six thousand songs on it and i just hit shuffle and if you cannot handle going from hannah montana to katie perry to 16th son the richer 
to Hootie and the Blowfish, to Reba McIntyre, to Rob Zombie, to Garth Brooks, to Kenny Chesney, back to a Disney song medley you could not get in my car. Like, <laughs> I have a Spotify playlist. It is called Top Jams. And that is, it's, it's, it's specifically for when I'm driving because it's all upbeat songs that won't make me like want to fall asleep. Um, but it's like sing along songs, like upbeat, and it is um, 82 hours long. <laughs> and that's oh what God. I do. I just put that bad boy on shuffle and go. Because when you're driving, man, like I can't, I don't want anything that's going to make me fall asleep. But I'm a big, like, I'm that way too. If I'm having to drive somewhere, though, I'm notorious. If I have to travel, I want a buddy. Like, I don't want to do it by myself. So whether or not it's, hey, I'm going to do this show, you want to hop in the car and see if you can get on it, or do you want to talk to the promoter, or do you just want to come with me, or I just, like, rope one of my friends into it. I'm like, oh, I'm wrestling in Iowa, you want to hop in my car? Like, <laughs> But I'm really, like, I love road trip buddies. I want to hop in the car with you. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, my God, can we please just, like, live stream the whole way? We'll just sing, like every song known to man (laughs) (laughs) you would be so much fun to road trip with i travel a lot by myself so oh no come on up we'll drive tell me where you're going (laughs) next um i'm going this weekend to chattanooga but beyond that i don't have anything planned oh i want to go to chattanooga i actually i'm flying so lucky um if it's I, more than if it's more than like eight hours like i'm flying that's fair but that that midwestern mindset of oh, it's only 14 hours let's do a drive <laughs> like, if i was if i was with somebody i probably would but i don't want to drive that by myself especially because like yeah you never know people are weird this past june for a show it was me mateo valentine and um greg murray who hopped in a car, drove all the way from Chicago to San Antonio, Texas, and back. And that was a trip. That was a long one. Oof. That sounds long. It was. It, I just remember sitting there at the, like, all road trips are the same, pretty much. So, like, you get there, you're good to go. But then when you're driving back home, that last hour is the most agonizing hour of driving you'll ever have in your entire life 10 10 agree oh my god it's like i've already had all of my fun i don't even want to go home but since i have to let's just fucking get there but no it's gonna take forever oh my god and of course like we were headed to chicago so you hit traffic and it's like ah Oh, yeah, I love feel it. it. Feel it. What would you say would be the most surprising song on your playlist? Someone would look and be like, oh, you listen. Oh, do you have that on your playlist? Oh. Mm, I think once you get to know me as a person, like no one's surprised by anything that's on my playlist. Um, but if you were like a person that just knew me from wrestling or like knew my character. I listen to a lot of, like, what I call early 2000s, like, just rock, almost metal. I don't even know what the genre is. 
but like MSI, um, Rob Zombie, Papa Roach, like all of those like really butch kid bands. Like these are the WWE pay-per-view songs type deal. Um, all of that is on my playlist and I adore them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, like if you need to know any of the words to the songs on the first Saliva album, I got you. I know them by heart. <laughs> I mean, that's a very niche market. I hope that that works out for you someday or that's something that you will need to know and you will have that information in your back pocket. I just can't imagine somebody's like, oh, we're going to blow up this boat full of puppies unless you can sing all the lyrics to Click, Click, Boom by Saliva. <laughs> <laughs> I was specifically designed for this task. <laughs> like <laughs> They weren't prepared for the dad bud demigod to be there that day. <laughs> Plans were foiled again. <laughs> I'm coming down to the new style and you know it's buck wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the worst like Power Rangers villain. <laughs> Just like Oh, pumpkin rapper? Say hi, I got it. <laughs> yep. <upset>. Uh, <laughs> so um I'm uh I'm a fat girl. I'm a snack of source rex. I love snacks, snacks are the best. What are your go-to like road snacks? Oh, I'm the dad bod demigod for a reason. I love to eat. Like <laughs> I remember um, it was me and Vic Capri, like, almost two months ago. He was like, you're toning up. You're looking buff. I was like, yeah, that's just what I do. I work out a lot. I don't diet. I I just don't. I eat. Um, But my go-to road trip snack, um, if I'm going somewhere, I always get two monsters and a giant bottle of water. That's, like, my necessities. So, like, that gets me through the trip. But then my guilty pleasure foods is um, first for drink. I freaking adore Diet Mountain Dew. Like that is the nectar of the gods for me. I will. Okay. It's weird that you said it because my dad has said that exact same phrase about Diet Mountain Dew. It's the truth. Your dad is. I hate that shit. But my dad has actually specifically stated Diet Mountain Dew is the nectar of the gods. Like it is to me. I love it. Like you give me other Mountain Dew, which I recently tried that new like fruitcake flavored Mountain Dew. How was that? Not bad. To me, it all kind of tastes like just Mountain Dew with like (laughs) a Kool-Aid packet in it. (laughs) Um, But it wasn't awful. Like um, some of the ones that I've tried, not too great. But Diet Mountain Dew. Like, literally, pour a gallon in me. <laughs> Got a gallon. Uh, like, I'd be so down. Um, but then, as far as snacks, um, I love combos. Combos are, like, my go-to road snack. So, like, give me buffalo. Um, is it, like, buffalo ranch-flavored combos, the little pretzel things? Yum, yum, yum. Um, then I'll take, um, I love beef jerky, um, specifically teriyaki or peppered. Um, what else do you get? Um, I'm obsessed. Like I try to be healthy, even though it's not actually healthy, but I love me some Lenny and Larry's protein cookies. I think they're like my little treat for myself because I'm not 
I'm not much of a sweet person, like overall. Like sometimes I'll get in the mood for candy, but I'm like always in the mood for a cookie. Like cookies are my sweets. So like that's a big one. And then mm, maybe like spicy nuts, some spicy cashews. That's those are all my like road snacks I'll load up with. Nice. Yeah. I am I am very much a sweets gal. Like, oh my God, give it if it has sugar in it, I want it. So you and my husband will get along in that aspect. <laughs> but I do love a good teriyaki beef jerky. So oh, I love a good teriyaki beef jerky, especially when you get it fresh and it's still like chewy and tender and it's not like been sitting on the shelf for a while. Yeah, when it's not like crunchy yet. Like Yeah, you're just like, oh, and my my molar's about to come loose. That's what's about to happen with this teriyaki. I have enough problems with my teeth. I don't I need to keep the ones I have it still in my mouth, please and thank you. So (laughs) very much that. (laughs) So um what is your favorite move to take and what is your favorite move to give? So um I favorite move to give. Honestly, so everybody's probably going to be like, oh, you're finisher. And it's not. Like, I do a wing clipper, but it is officially called the Bussy Buster because I am picking up my people and I am busting their bussy onto the map. So <laughs> that's my finisher name. Um, but um, I did one at Gay Brunch. I adore doing a flying head scissors. I love it because, one, I it takes me back to the reason I fell in love with wrestling, which was red hair herself miss lita and i'm like doing the move and it always gets like such a oh from the crowd because i'm not a little boy like i i'm a big boy so when you see me get up and hit it and i do it pretty well it always gets that nice like oh from the crowd i'm just like yes come on team extreme like i'm just like i'm marking out for myself in the ring look all wrestlers mark out for themselves most just don't admit it Oh, I love to admit it. Like, just, you know, be a dork for yourself. If you can't mark out for yourself, how the hell are you going to mark out for somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Yes. <laughs> um, and then favorite move to take. Um, ooh. It's, so this is a weird thing to say, but it's hard for me to pick, like, off the top of my head of having to think, because I... I love getting beat up. I enjoy it. <laughs> just something about it. I'm just like, it makes you feel kind of alive, but also kind of like just badass at the same time. Like, yeah, I did that. Um, probably my favorite one. <clears throat> I love a good standard. Like, give me a big power bomb. Like, if you just like, especially when I go up against like the monster guys. And so so my whole thing with wrestling goes back to typically the crowd. Like I'm always listening um, when I'm out there and that's how I know I'm doing well. So when I go up for a move and someone has me and you just hear that crowd go, Oh, I'm just like, come on, hit it. Nail me. (laughs) Very nice. Thank you. Do you have any pre-match rituals? Um, typically, yes. I get into my gear really early, usually. So, like, before the show usually starts, like, I'm usually in my gear. Um, which is 
dumb because typically I wear body suits and I always wind up having to pee. But aside from that, um, I'll do that. And then I'll walk around and I kind of like get to feeling myself because you're essentially becoming this like character. So it kind of, when I get like the suit on, then I'm like, okay, I am the dad bod demigod. Now I got to feel myself. And I'll just like throw some headphones on and just kind of jam for a second. Like I'll usually put on like some fallout boy panic at the disco mixed with like some girl pop um, in there. So like just, those are like my hype up songs and I'm just like, I get myself amped. I get myself feeling fabulous. Um, It's not unlike anyone to, if you look outside, I'll usually step outside and you'll just see me like going, ha ha, <laughs> just like striking poses because I'm just, I'm feeling myself and I'm getting in the zone and then, then I'll stretch and that's my ritual. So as a wrestler that travels and goes to shows, you have to have at least one of these stories, perhaps both. One. Oh no. <laughs> I'm one. so nervous. No, you're fine. Probably. <laughs> you're here. So one. Something either like you were on a road trip and something really funny happened or exciting happened or you almost died. Or see? Or you are going to a show, you're going to a new a new company or a new venue, you get there and you go, what the fuck is this? And what did I get myself into? Like some sort of like new wrestling horror story. So I would love to hear one or both of those stories and feel free if you need to censor any names, by all means, I don't want to incriminate anybody. So no, no incriminations going on in these stories, but there are some wild ones. Um, so I remember riding back um, from, I think it was, it was somewhere near, I think, Miami. Um, it was somewhere Southern Florida. We were riding back to Orlando and we had just done a show and it was myself, uh, my friend Gabe. Um, I want to say possibly his wife, Lizzie. Um, I can't remember if she was entirely there or not, but we were riding with this um, new kid who I forget his name, but he had only been like training for like three weeks and was like, oh yeah, I'll drive y'all to the show. I want to go down and see it. And then, you know, like they train for another week and then you never see these people again, um, kind of people. And he was driving and we got out at a gas station and um, all of a sudden they go inside and it's just me and the new kid and he's like pumping gas. And I'm sitting in the back seat. I was just like scrolling through my phone or something. And he knocks on the window and I look up and he goes, I need help. And I was like, okay. So I get up out of the car and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you see that guy over there? And I'm like, which guy? And I look over and there's just this guy that's just standing beside the um, gas pump. Right. Um, and not the gas pump, the gas station. So he's like leaned up against the wall of the gas station. And like, he was smoking a cigarette was what it looked like to me. Um, kind of pose. But he's like, yeah, the student just keeps staring at me and I don't like it. And I was like, okay, well, just like, if he doesn't come over here, baby, just pump your gas and we'll get back in the car. Like, it's no big deal. <laughs> like, it's going to be all right. And he's like, I don't like the way this guy's like 
looking at me and it's got me feeling, I was like, do you want to hop back in the car and I'll pump some gas? And like, I remember saying like half of that sentence and he just like turns and looks at this random person and goes, yo, fucker, you got a problem with me? And I was like, where did this energy come from? Like you were afraid of him like two seconds ago and now you're yelling at this guy. (laughs) That's just minding his own business at this point. Apparently who he said was looking at him, but you know, you get out and you like assess someone else's situation. You're like, okay, I got out of the car. He hasn't looked over here since. So like what's going on, but, n- but now he's looking over here. <laughs> like, so. yeah. And I was like, what did you say? And I was like, are you done pumping gas? Like, I'm not doing this today. Like I, I'm not getting the things. No, I got an issue. Are you like looking at me? Like, what's your problem, bro? And I'm just like, fucking pump the gas like do something shut the fuck up and like this guy hasn't moved from like the gas like the wall he's just kind of like yelling back like what's your problem because you know like any normal sane person would do and so then this kid goes i want to go up talk to him i was like for what why do you want to go up to him He's like, this is fucking stupid. Like, he was literally like staring me down, bro. And then you got out, and I was like, no, like, none of this matters. <laughs> like, it was like my own thing. Like, we're going to get in the car, we're going to do something. And finally, here comes the other two out of the gas station. And I guess one of them like waved or something at us, like, just to get our attention. And they were close to the thing. So naturally that guy sees them wave at him and goes, you know, this fucker. And then they turn around and this guy starts walking towards them. And then I'm like, Oh fuck. So I walk up. Meanwhile, little dude who started all this shit did not leave the side of the car after he has done all this. I run up to make sure that there's nothing. This guy walks up and goes, I want to know what your dude's problem is. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know what's going on. This kid's like nuts. We don't even know him. And I'm, because that's just me. Whenever, like fight or flight instinct, I don't go fight. I go mama bear. Like, I'm like, it's just a big misunderstanding. (laughs) Like, we don't know this kid. We're just wrestlers. We don't want to do anything. And he's like, what? You're a wrestler. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a wrestler. And then all of a sudden this dude just Okay, so maybe we didn't almost die, but this is like one of those terrifying stories and like didn't know what was going to happen. But I watched this like dude 180 to go and like pull out his phone and go, oh, for real? What's your name, man? (laughs) Yeah, someone goes to their pocket and you're like, oh, shit. Like, (laughs) I just remember, so like, I'm not afraid to buck up to somebody like whatsoever. Especially when, like, they're coming at some people that I respect and love. But, like, I, in my brain, am ready to pounce if I need to. But I'm also kind of just like, please don't do anything. I don't want to fight right now. <laughs> like, that's just me. Like, can we just use our words? Especially because it's like, the, this is a non-issue. Fuck, like, homeboy over here wouldn't shut his fucking mouth. No. So here's the thing. Is we talk to this guy. We come over... <laughs> so we decided to rip this kid uh and so do we're like okay 
everything was fine. Like we talked to the guy, we come back over to the car and we go over to him. We're like, yeah, dude, what the hell just happened? And he goes, I, I, I just thought he was doing I'm like, yeah, we had to give that dude money because he threatened us, dude. <laughs> what he's like yeah he was threatening to like hit her and hit me and go crazy and we don't need that like i don't want to get arrested you want to get arrested so we gave him some money so he'd leave you alone and this kid's like so upset we're like yeah we're gonna let everyone at the school know and you're gonna be in trouble he's like no please don't tell (laughs) i think that was the first thing that popped out of my brain for like please don't die because i remember like just realizing the stupidest situation that could have happened here i am in the middle of and thank god this dude's just like turned into like this guy who's just like oh you're a wrestler you're cool bro like thank god you're a sane human like oh my god because it's florida and really it is a crapshoot on if someone's gonna be a sane human or not well, it's Florida, yeah, and you just get off the interstate, and you know you've got like a few little gas stations around. You pull into one, and then it's just somebody standing pretty much in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> just chilling. Oof. Well, I'm glad that you survived. Me too. What was the second question? I've done forgot myself. Oh, no, you're under. fine. <laughs> if you have like a wrestling horror story where you get to like a venue or a company, and you go, "What the fuck is this?" I have the mother load of what the fuck is this um and here's the kicker i put on the show (laughs) so um before i got back into wrestling full-time um up here in chicago i actually was working with a wrestler from florida his name was jason static or his name is he's not dead um he was he wrote this play called we don't play fight where basically it's a two-act play where act number one sets up the story and then act number two is a live professional wrestling match inside of a theater which is fun yeah it was really interesting um they had developed it um down in florida for a while and then once i was a part of every iteration of it um, but we had some like pretty cool people that got in there too. Like um, Santana Garrett was a part of it. Um, Thea Trinidad was a part of it. Um, just cool people. Jesse Neal was in it. Um, but anyway, those are all the the big people. Um, there was more, but I'm not going to list all that. Um, but anyway, he brought it up to Chicago and we were going to do it at the Greenhouse Theater and they had asked me to direct it. So I was like, yeah, sure. So we go through the whole rehearsal process, the one night only show. That's what we're doing. Come and see some theater and live professional wrestling. We're waiting once we get there for hours and hours. Wrestlers and actors are arriving and the ring has not arrived. And we're like, what's going on? So we call the person who's supposed to be bringing the ring. They're like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. We had a flat tire on the interstate. We're going to be there as soon as possible. And we're like, okay, do you have like an ETA? Can we figure this out? And they're like, yeah, we should be there by like five o'clock. So we're like panicking now because show starts at seven. 
but we're like, okay, it's two hours, but we can do it. You know, um, gets to be like five thirty. There's no ring there. They're like, yeah, we're still coming. Gets to be like five forty-five. There's no ring there, and we're like, what's going on? Gets to be like six o'clock, and we're supposed to start um, getting ready for like doors to open for this show. There's no ring there. And that's when they call and say, yeah, we're not going to be able to come. And so, you know, we had prepared for the worst case scenario, but we were calling everyone else that we knew of in Chicago to go and get this professional wrestling, to find a professional wrestling ring, anything. We would have taken a tiny one, a big one, whatever, get it to us as soon as possible. So, Literally, um, one of my good friends up here, his name is Tully, a fellow wrestler, goes and gets um, a giant U-Haul and goes, I found a ring. And we're like, okay, where is it? It's in Villa Park, which is like 45 minutes outside of the venue. And we're like, okay. And mind you, it's pouring down rain outside. And we're like, 45 minutes away from curtain up for the entire show. So me and like four wrestlers, including a fully in paint clown hop into the back of this, <laughs> this um, U-Haul and we're riding down the road, just bouncing up and down. Um, and we get to um, this little strip mall um, where Galley Lucha Libre actually trains here in chicago or just outside of chicago and it was galley who was letting us use their ring so we get there we're like okay where's the ring and he points to it the ring is completely set up so we have to break down this ring take it all the way out of the strip mall load it into a truck drive all the way back to chicago by the time we get there guests have already been sat for about 10 minutes there are people in the theater and we are literally in the rain, unloading a ring, taking it up two flights of stairs and around a corner in front of a live crowd, setting up this ring. And then to kick it off or to, um, I guess, put the cherry on top of this shit Sunday. Um, there's this cross cable system underneath the ring. And like we had professional wrestlers that have been in the business for like close to 20 years we've had referees that were on the show that have worked for um new japan they had worked for tna they had worked for um ring of honor everything not one person that was in that cast of like well-experienced wrestlers could figure out how to put these cross cables on this ring like we're all looking at it like how does this even function? <laughs> like, it wasn't like a normal cross cable that you just pull across. It has like different parts to it and things. Oh no. <laughs> oh no is right because we kind of got it to work. But that ring, oh my God. It just looked like the poster board for a safety hazard. Like it was kind of lopsided. And because the ring was lopsided, the ropes were taut, but they were still kind of like sideways. And we had to have 
full-on professional wrestling matches. And I remember looking at um, Paloma Star, who was in the show. She was wrestling. And she was like, Joey, what's going on? Because we're, like, really good friends. And I was like, we have to figure out how to wrestle on this thing. And what I'm going to tell everyone is, everyone gather around. Tonight, nobody bumps and no one hits the ropes. Go out there and have good matches. <laughs> so, oh, like, no. Oh, no is right. Like, it worked for the acting part in the first part. But those matches, like, everyone got a five-minute match. And then the final was a freaking Royal Rumble. That, um, so, basically, I run out and... I had one spot of basically getting beat up because I was in the show. So I was playing like one of the characters. Um, I was supposed to be like the the, like little rookie who was like trying to make it. And the big guy was beating me up. And I remember it was Jason static in the ring and he comes and he just like bams this like forearm right across me and like didn't hold anything back. Despite the fact that we were literally like fighting on a teeter totter. And I stumble back and I go to hit the ropes and literally when I hit the ropes, they just kind of sank with me instead of being taught. So like I went under and basically like folded myself into a hammock on these ropes. Oh no. And like the crowd's like going (gasps) like at everything that happens the entire night. So like I finally like, that was the biggest hot mess I have ever been a part of wrestling wise in my entire life. And I am partially responsible for it. Well, um, did you have like more of a wrestling crowd or more of a theater crowd or was it more 50, 50? Um, it seemed more 50, 50. There were definitely people that were familiar with wrestling but we were also at the greenhouse theater here in Chicago. So like they have like their season ticket holders and like stuff like that who were coming. So like it was theater people, which you could tell who was theater people and who were wrestling people. Cause the crowd still gave us absolutely everything they could. Like they saw us like literally struggling before them um, to get a ring up. And I think one of the coolest things that someone told me about the show was they were like, you know, it was actually really cool to watch because we have no idea how a professional wrestling ring is set up. And I was like, well, here's the tea. You still don't because that was a lot of shit. But it was cool to hear someone say that because that you don't really think about the fact that most people don't know what a wrestling ring is made out of. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, there's trampolines and and I'm like you're dumb (laughs) that's the one so like padding or like a bed or something like that never upsets me when people say it's like a trampoline I get so irritated because I was like then why don't we bounce like literally this core basis of a trampoline is it bounces you (laughs) yeah people don't know it's just a light padding and boards for the most part. <laughs> Literally. I keep, I, it's such a wild thing. Ask any wrestler ever period to describe the reaction when somebody who doesn't watch wrestling asks them about wrestling. There's like 
three things that they ask. What? You mean like, uh, insert blank name of WWE wrestler here. <laughs> like, you mean like a, like a, huh? So it's like Hulk Hogan or The Rock or John Cena. And you're like, yeah, like that. And the second one is, so is it like real or is it like, there's got to be like a trick to it, right? And then you have to explain that one and give like whatever your stock answer is because every wrestler's got one. And then the last one is just like, so, so how do you get not, like, not get hurt? <laughs> By pure luck. <laughs> <laughs> that. I always try to give like the professional answer. Like, oh, we train to make sure that we know how to land and stuff. But no, that is the correct answer is by pure luck. It's like, oh no, this all hurts. This everything that you do hurts. There's just different amounts of hurt in the things that you do. Yeah, like eventually. So it was real interesting to me because I took that long break away from wrestling. So like when you first come back into a ring after a few years, you're like, I'm going to take a bump. I remember how to do this. It's just like riding a, oh, fuck. And that's like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh. So if you could go back in time, what would you tell a 10-year-old version of yourself? Don't trust those guys. They're not going to bring you that wrestling ring. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard I made the stitch vibrate again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if I go back in time and tell my like little self something, it would be to like part of me wants to use the phrase like take your mask off, but I don't think that's really what I want to tell them. It's basically just be yourself because I feel like from me growing up like how I did like I had parents that were very much like we want you to be this we want you to do this we want you to portray yourself as this and it was you know that normal like they wanted me to be stereotypical you know plays football through high school finds a good girl after high school gets married has like three kids white picket fence which I think is like you know, what every parent really kind of almost wishes for their kid, just a, their version of what a decent life is, you know? But they always put such expectations on me because I am an only child. So I get that kind of like pressure on me. And I kind of fell into that where I was like, always a little bit myself and always a bit quirky and just kind of Joey for the sake of being Joey. But I also made it a real point to kind of like be that person they wanted me to be. And I think that stuck with me so much until I finally let it go because I was most of my life portraying something that I wasn't. Like even when I got out of high school, when I got through high school into college into everything post that up until I came out, honestly, I was really just trying to be this version of Joey that I thought everyone would like, that was really nice, really, you know, just, I don't even know, like white wonder bread of a man was pretty much what I was trying to be. And 
I kind of held on to that. Like even after the first years after I came out, I still kept trying to like use the phrase like, I'm still Joey. Like I'm still Joey. Like that was the big thing I kept telling my parents. Like I'm still this, like I'm still that. And it really took a long time for me to get to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't care who's in front of me. I'm just going to say what I feel and do what I want. And as long as I ain't hurting nobody or being mean, who cares? I'm just Joey, take it or leave it. And I think that's what I would tell my younger self because it just took me so long to get there. Like somewhere between like 26 to 29 years of my life to get to a point where I was finally just comfortable with myself. And I think that I let that get to me for so long. So Yes, little Joey, if you're watching in the past, once they invent what is called the future TV in the year 2027. Um, wait, when is that? I don't know. Math. That was a badly timed joke. Um, but yeah, just stop giving a fuck. Take that up. Be yourself is pretty much my advice. So I just have a few kind of like short kind of fun questions left and then Yay! we'll wrap it up. So if there was a Joey Mayberry scented candle, what would it smell like? Ooh, um, it would smell like a vanilla. Definitely. Like not just plain vanilla, but like that, you know, that birthday cake smell vanilla. That's kind of like that. Like birthday cake, vanilla, frozen yogurt, and um, probably strawberries. Yeah. Strawberries and birthday cake. Strawberry birthday cake. I mean, yeah. Took me a minute like- to get there, but I got there. We see we I knew we'd find it. <laughs> what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapons? You can pretend mm. it's attacking you so you don't have to like attack it. Oh um like going through my Rolodex of am- of animals, probably not like a horse or anything with like claws little thing about me that you'll probably never see me in a death match because i i don't do well with blood like i don't do well with my own blood i kind of freak out like i've definitely bled in matches but it's always kind of like uh so i figure if i get like in light tubes and there's just like blood going everywhere i would probably be like no so probably nothing with claws i would fight i would run away um i feel like i'd take out like a zebra like (laughs) Like a solid zebra I could take down and beat up. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so how do you take your pancakes? What do you like in them and on them? Um, I love a cinnamon swirl pancake. <gasps> That's the move. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Give me that with like some cream cheese kind of like icing on top or um I, I like syrup, but I love like flavored syrup. So if I could have like a cinnamon swirl with like maybe some like cream cheese kind of thing on it and like some strawberry syrup, that's like, that's on the money for me. That is excellent choice. Cinnamon rolls are great. Cinnamon roll in a pancake is also great. Oh like God. it's the two best breakfast things. I'm literally drooling right now. I <laughs> Aww. Like, yes, my mouth is watering. Now I want those. <laughs> so I'm going to take you on like a little like journey. So if you just want to like, just, just, yeah, just go with me. 
So imagine if you will, you are in a store, you're hungry, you want something sweet. You're like walking down the aisles and you go down like the cookie aisle and you're like, great. You told me you love cookies. So you're going to go to the cookie aisle and you look at all the cookies and you don't want like a chocolate chip cookie or like a peanut butter cookie or like those Milano cookies. No, no, no. You want America's favorite cookie, which is the Oreo. So you go to the section with all of the Oreos and you're like, I don't want any of like the the flavors. Like, I don't want like a Swedish fish Oreo today. No, no, no. I just want a chocolate, right? I just want like a chocolate white cream center Oreo, but Mm -hmm. you still have choices. You can get like the thin Oreos. You can get like a single stuffed Oreo, your you know, standard Oreo. You can get a double stuffed Oreo or you can get like either like the most stuffed or the mega stuffed, like, an exorbitant amount of stuff. Right. Like what kind which Oreo are you getting? Oh, solid double stuff all day, baby. Like if I need more stuff, I can just make it into a quadruple stuff myself. Like I don't need to buy all this stuff that's gonna take up the space of my Oreo package. So double stuff. That is the unofficial correct answer to the question. So <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. You um, I see, I knew I liked you. And it is purely because of your Oreo preferences. Oh, oh, I love that. That's the reason why that makes me happy. Um, but also that's like my husband and I's guilty pleasure. Like if we're like wanting to munch, especially if we've been doing um, something, uh, we're like, go ahead and bring out the Oreos. But I have a challenge for you. I know that you weren't like keen on the flavors. Have you tried the Brookie Oreo? I don't think so. So it's an Oreo and it's got three different layers of cream on it. And one layer is like a chocolate chip cookie flavored cream, then the regular Oreo cream, and then a brownie flavored cream all in one little Oreo. And it's, oh my God. That actually sounds good. Some of the flavors I'm like, "Mm, uh oh, (laughs) you're talking to um, what is known as a connoisseur. Um, I believe that's a dinosaur as well, but no, that's a joke. <laughs> it's not. Um, top three, Brookie Oreo, um, the late great carrot cake Oreo, and the red velvet Oreo that existed. Moi. And two of them are gone forever, and I'm so saddened by it. Aww. I pee Oreos. I know. I need... Please, Oreo, if you are watching, who owns Oreo? I don't know. Probably Disney. Disney, please bring I think back. It, well, it was Nabisco, but I think it's Mandala's now. Oh, I don't know the second word. It, it's a giant food corporation that owns um, many brands of different foods, but I'm pretty sure it's Mandal and Mandalay's or Mandalay's, however you want to pronounce it. Whoever I have to pray to, I to bring the carrot cake and red velvet Oreos back. I will bow down, oh deity. I need it. So, um, this question comes from Vic. He would always ask this question when we did lives. Uh, he's one of our loyal Fall Monkeys viewers, loyal the stack viewer. He would always ask it, but now that we're not doing lives, I ask it on his behalf. So who do you think has the best gear of all time? Ooh. um, ah, ooh, 
ooh, ooh, there's so many good options. Uh, sorry, you see my eyes going places? I'm like just staring at different wrestling action figures being like, who's got it? You know, I'm just going to go with my favorite and it's I'm giving it to three of them because they're a trio, but Hardy's and Lita, like, come through. Like, especially for that era, like, they were just perfect like they didn't even really wear gear but like but when you see a fishnet shirt you automatically think jeff hardy don't you i think that when i see a thong to this day i still think of lita like it doesn't matter who's got the thong on i'm just like where's the tattoo and the long red hair it's gonna be around here somewhere and like everything about them was just such it was for like 2000 and 2001 like that was the look. They were everything. You couldn't beat them. Like, I'm going to go with that. Fair enough. So what upcoming shows do you have? Um, I have quite a few. Um, are you ready for the list? Yes. So um, this Friday, it's going to be um, November the 18th. I have Chicago Style Wrestling right here in the Chicago area. It's technically in Franklin Park. Um, then the next day I'm going to be in Wisconsin Dells, um, wrestling at Colossal Con for, um, at cosplay wrestling. So if you're at Colossal Con in Wisconsin Dells, come and check me out there. I'll be, do you want to know who I'm cosplaying as? Yes. What if, I, what if I told you that you could never underestimate the importance of body language? <laughs> If you know, you know. If and you if know. you don't, you'll have to find out at the Wisconsin Dells. I get my, my outfits officially like coming in tailored tomorrow, and I'm so excited to try it on. Um, but then Sunday, the um, November 20th, I have a double shot. I'm going to be in Southern Illinois to wrestle for All Heel Wrestling. Um, I'm going to be taking on Greg Murray for the number one contendership for the All Heel Wrestling Championship, which would be fun. Um, then in Evanston, Illinois, later the same day, I'm going to be teaming up with Shalance Royale to face some mystery opponents um, at Palm House Pro Wrestling. Um, I'll be in Janesville, Wisconsin for Janesville Wrestling Alliance, JWA, on November the 26th. And then I'll be in the lovely sunny place of not quite Orlando, Altamont Springs for pro wrestling action on December the 16th. Oh, and Northland Pro Wrestling on December 3rd in Woodstock, Illinois. Those are all my shows I have on the books coming up. Well, it sounds like you have your hands full, which is awesome. Love, love to see you busy. Um. Where can people find you on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, if you have like a Facebook fan page, um, YouTube, Twitch, Patreon, OnlyFans, TikTok, merch store, whatever you have, plug it all. I got it. Let's plug away. I love it. Um, so Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Joey underscore Mayberry. Um, you can find me on TikTok at Joey dot Mayberry because they were iffy on the underscore. Um, check out my YouTube. You can just ch- um, check out Joey Mayberry search on there. Also, if you're on YouTube, please check out Ring the Bell. I'm a host on there. It is amazing. We discuss women's wrestling from all the I want to say major promotions. We're trying our best, but we're only a team of four people at most. Um, Typically, it's usually just DS. But 
Um, also, please check out Golden Era Podcast, where we discuss classic women's wrestling. It's me and Jake Smith. It's streaming wherever you um, stream podcasts. Um, let me think if I have anything else. Um, I do have a merch store. All of it is linked in all of my social medias. Um, and then I do have a Facebook fan page, but like I, I do not use it. I just don't. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I should probably get on it, but like I feel like Facebook is just like America's slowly dying pastime. Yeah, unfortunately, with the Twitter situation, it's like Let's, you never know. Let's you hope never for the know. best. You know what I'm hoping for? To just say, fuck it all and go back to MySpace. Give me MySpace. I'll take that. So, um, MySpace doesn't really exist anymore. But, we can bring check, it- out, check out Space Hay. Space Hay? Mm-hmm. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay, is it spelled like hay or like horse eats hay? No, like hay. <laughs> okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Space A and let me know what you think. I yes. think that you will be pleasantly surprised by Space A. I will go check it out. Um, probably not tonight. I'm going to bed right after we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I expect a full report tomorrow morning. On oh, my desk, young man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right away, teacher. Yes, master. Yes. <laughs> Don't make me call your parents and put it on your permanent record. No, please don't tell the principal. No, headmaster. I don't know why. My like default is this British school child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out. This has been a blast. My face hurts from laughing. That's a good sign. <laughs> That's like <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And like, if your face is like hurting from laughing, that's like, honest to God, like music to my ears. Like my love language to people is I love to make people laugh. So hearing that you warmed my heart and I love you for it. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you. Um, Once again, this has been the stack. I'm Val Pancakes. This has been Joy Mayberry. Please check him out on all of his social medias. Um, big thank you to wrestling over everything and table bump for sponsoring the bald monkeys and the stack. And thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Joey, for hanging out with us tonight. No problem. I'll be back anytime. I'll bring pancakes next time. Love that. Yes. <laughs>